What would you do if you were given a million dollars, no strings attached, in honor of your accomplishments as an educator? Would you pay off your mortgage? Take a long vacation? Or would you use the funds to help more students share in the same kinds of experiences students in your own classroom enjoy? I'm Marty West, editor of Education Next, and my guest today is Andrea Zafiraku, the London arts educator who recently faced that question when the Varkey Foundation named her its 2018 Global Teacher of the Year. Her inspiring decision to use the $1 million cash prize that came with the award to launch a charity supporting arts education in the UK is now drawing worldwide attention. Andrea is currently visiting the US to deliver speeches on arts education at such venues as the Metropolitan Museum of Art and the Harvard Graduate School of Education. And I'm delighted that she's agreed to take a few minutes out of her schedule to speak with me. Andrea, welcome to the Ednext podcast. Hello, thank you very much. Well, let me start with congratulations. What an uh, amazing honor. Thank you very much. <laughs> Thank you. It's um, still quite extraordinary to be in this position. Um, but no, I am very privileged and very lucky. And I, of course, want to get to what you're doing with the funds that came with the award. But let's start with the context in which you earned it. Tell us about Alperton Community School in West London. Um, my school is based in the centre of London. It is um, it, the borough that we that we are in. It's called Brent. Um, Brent is one of the highest deprived areas in London. Um, we have approximately 150 different languages which is spoken at our school. It is beautifully diverse. Um, there are many many cultures that um, we work with, um, and um, it is um, a, a really exceptional place to work. So in terms of our children, our children, as I said to you before, they do not have the most incredible um, home situations and home lives. So some of them, for example, will be um, living in a house with six other families, whereby they're sharing a room with um, all of their family members. Um, they'll be, you know, they'll be on a rotor for kitchen. They'll be on a rotor for the bathroom use. So um, it is quite, it's, well, it's quite devastating actually if you think about, you know what they're going through. But not only that, obviously, um, some of our children are carers as well. Some of our children, um, you know, on their way to school are approached by gangs and um, people who are who would like to groom. Um, so it is quite um, an area of very high vulnerability. Um, but yet, when they come through our gates, um, we, we ensure that they are not labelled with that, that we make sure that the school is their haven, is their place whereby they can really experience a fantastic education, where they can grow as uh, very you know, young human beings, working together, working with other cultures. Um, and you know, we will pull out every stop to make sure that we provide what they need. Now, the language diversity that you just mentioned is truly remarkable. And I learned that you have taught yourself to greet and say goodbye to your students in, I think, 35 or more languages. Why was that an important step to take as an educator? I, I don't think it's something to do as an educator. I think it's just something nice to do as a human being, just to welcome people um, and to be kind. So some of our contexts that our students, when they come to our schools, they don't know any English. So they've just arrived from another country and they're just completely thrown into this really intense, um, intimidating um, situation. Um, and, um, you know, it's just a lovely gesture just to be able to welcome them in their own language, to make them feel part of the community from the moment they set foot into the school building. And I find that that not only brings a huge smile on both their face and their parents' face, but it also... Um, 
you know, it makes them feel that they're wanted and they're appreciated and that their identity um, is um, is going to be celebrated in our institution. So uh, that, that, that's just that, that's just the reason why I do it. It's nothing, it's nothing more than that. Another item that caught my eye in the materials announcing the award was that one of the things you've done at Alperton Community School is launch a boxing club. Why uh, did you take that step? Oh, it's just, um, um, I, I enjoy it myself. And, um, but not only that, I think it's a case of, you know, let, letting the students let off some steam, but also preparing them from when they're outside. It's about building their self-confidence. It's about um, enabling them to really um, almost a bit, you know, self-defense as well. And just to be in that mindset and that mind frame of, of you know, I have got confidence and, you know, I can and I will achieve. So, so that's the main re reason. And of course, the Real focus of the award is your accomplishments as an arts and textiles teacher. And in settings such as Brent in the US, arts education is often an afterthought with educators yeah, focusing yeah. intensely on ensuring that students have mastered the basics of literacy and numeracy. How have you managed to make the arts central at Alperton? Well, it's my absolute fundamental belief that the arts are as just as important as any other subject and if not slightly more so because what they do and especially if you have a look at the context where i'm working what they do they provide skills and certain attributes which some of the other subjects can't and it's almost like it underpins all the other subjects so for example it enables them to be better communicators enables the children to feel much more confident in attempting to resolve a problem or um, or to attack a particular um, challenge if it were if it were a piece of work or um, a piece of drama or a, or a, or a piece of uh, composition for a musical piece um, I, I find that it also helps them to just escape and enable them just to try and discover who they are and what's their identity like but um you know it's it's I get quite frustrated when they say, oh, the arts gives, um, only give soft skills. And actually, no, they're not soft skills. These are hard, fundamental skills which our students need to be competitive um, and to be able to maintain them, their mental health um, for the rest of their studies and also in the workforce. And what makes for a good arts education, one that follows through on the promise that you just articulated of developing these important capacities in students? I think a good arts education is an education which inspires students, which can they can relate to. Um, there's no point in, in you know when I'm when I'm teaching art to my students. There's no point in in introducing them to an art movement or a concept which they can't relate to. Um, that it's just far beyond their imagination. Um, so, for example, Renaissance art. So, what I normally try and do is um, I try to involve their own cultures first in my teaching, um, explore their backgrounds, explore their um, their their um, um, cultures as well, um, and then by using that, we then build that on, and they feel appreciated. Actually, so that they can connect to their own. Um, their own identities and from there we build on and from there we celebrate their culture and from there we really get and um, create some good art mm -hmm. and I think that that's what it is it's just bringing the art world to them not bringing them to the art world if that makes sense it does and 
as I mentioned at the outset, you're using the funds that you've received to launch a new charity, Artists in Residence, that will seek to bring high-quality arts instruction to more students across the UK. I want to ask you first just about the remarkable decision to, to take that step. Yeah. I don't think anyone would have begrudged you were you to, uh, you know, uh, use some of the money uh, for other purposes. What led you to go in this direction? I think many things, actually. Um, and, you know, and I think I've still made the right decision, um, even all these months on. And the reason why I'm doing this is because um, I am also, just like in the US, I'm also quite frustrated with how the arts are being um, reduced in the school's curriculum, how our students are not taking up the arts for further studies because they don't feel that they are important or they don't feel that they can um, receive jobs from them. And in the past, I've had so many conversations with parents and students to say, you can be so successful, you have got a talent, you do need to follow this, this is your path, this is your journey. And then they'll turn around and say to me, but miss, you know, what, what can I be? What kind of, what, what job can I get? How, you know, I, I'm going to be leaving with such a huge loan and a debt. So, um, you know, shouldn't I just, you know, be a doctor or somebody who earns this much money? Because I hear that that's what they do. So it's all about them not understanding how rich and high, how, how diverse the um, economy is for the arts and also what, what um, incredible opportunities they will have there. So bearing in mind these really difficult conversations and, um, that I'm having and, you know, that almost my heart breaks when I see talent almost, um, you know, being washed away and children becoming so unhappy through their decisions. Um, I've decided to launch my charity, and the idea of my charity is to try and bring the artists into schools to speak to the students, to make, to do a work workshop with them, to explain to them what it's like, what they, what their pathway has been, what their journey has been, because I find that they would become much more inspired if the real person is there in the room, and even if that, you know. Even if that helps to inspire one or two children in a school, I think that's job done. And sometimes, you know, as educators, we don't see the talent. We can't spot the talents because we're not professionals in that particular area. So for example, if there was a dance tutor or a, or a musician, you know, I, I may not be able to spot that because I'm an art teacher. So to be able to get somebody in who is a professional who might turn around and say to that child, do you know what, you've got it. You've got it. This is what you should do. Try and persevere. Try and practice on that or try to improve that. I mean, that, those few sentences, those few words, you hold on to and you will take that forward with you. And I think that's, that's what I'm trying to achieve. My understanding is that you're going to pilot the program first in 30 schools and then expand it to all of London and eventually all of the UK. That presumably yeah. provides an opportunity to learn from what you're doing early on uh, about what's working and not working. As you do that, what, what kinds of outcomes will you be using to determine whether your efforts are effective? What are you hoping to see in students, whether measurable or not, to so, know whether this um, is paying yeah, off? Yeah, no, that's a very good question, Martin. And first of all, I might just need to add the fact that the schools that I've selected are from deprived areas, mm -hmm. because I do believe that we need to really make sure that we invest in these particular schools first to inspire these students, the underprivileged children, who may not have gone to museums or who may not be naturally exposed to the arts. Um, so for me, what will be, you know, that horrible word, impact measure, is quite simply um, 
has there been an increase in the hours offered on the arts curriculum in the school? Have the students then wanted to participate further in the project? Um, what has been the feedback? Have the schools want, requested this particular project again? So for me, this is what the impact is going to be. And this award, in addition to giving you the resources and opportunity to launch this exciting effort in the UK, also gives you a platform to communicate with educators worldwide. So let me close our conversation by asking you, what's your message to arts educators around the world who don't have the same supports that a program yeah. like Artists in Residence is providing and who also may feel as if their contributions aren't taken seriously in conversations about education improvement and reform? Well, the first thing I'd like to say to the art teachers is the fact that please do not feel at any point that your subject is devalued, that it's not a necessity for our children. Your, our subjects are important and we all know that, so please persevere, please knock down doors, please um, ask for funding, beg for funding, ensure that they are remained on your school's curriculum, not as an after-school provision or a before-school provision, that we fight to make sure that they are part and locked in the school's daily curriculum offer. Um, secondly, I think it's really important for these teachers to try their best to bring artists or the industry into schools. Um, I would love eventually to make my initiative international, but until then, please, please try and do this um, and try and, um, and inspire children by doing, bringing visiting lectures into the schools, because I think this will make a tremendous effect on, 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 their, on the school programme. And obviously, um, you know, reach out to me. I'm here to help. I know at the moment I've got limited resources, but I intend to grow, I intend to go international, and I look forward to working with all the teachers all around the room, all around the world, sorry, just to make sure that we get the arts back into education. My guest today has been Andrea Zafiraku, arts and textiles teacher at Alperton Community School in London, recipient of the Varky Foundation's 2018 Global Teacher Prize, and leader of the new charity, Artists in Residence. Andrea, thanks for being part of the podcast. Thank you very much. Thank you. You've been listening to the Ednext Podcast. If you like what you've heard, be sure to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, SoundCloud, or wherever you get your podcasts so that you don't miss an episode. And while you're there, be sure to check out our archive and, especially if you're listening through Apple Podcasts, please leave us a review. It helps us find more listeners and more listeners find us.